the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. It is recorded in the book of John that Jesus once said, If he is lifted up, he will draw all people unto himself. Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension are all linked to this glorious exaltation, and it is a call made to the entire world. No class, social status, race, or gender is excluded from this declaration. That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message. In our text, today, 2 Corinthians 2, it tells us that we as Christians have a distinct fragrance. I I know that might sound strange, but as a Christian, you have a distinct fragrance. We call it a smell fingerprint, if you will. You say, what's that smell? Write this down. It's a fragrance of perpetual victory. But chapter 2, verse 14 says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and through us, those of us that are saved, spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of God. Verse 15 says, For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are the smell of death, but to the other, we are the fragrance of life. Now, in Paul's day, when he wrote this, and he used those two words, triumphal procession, and I want to give you a little history lesson. If you go back to Paris, France, there's an arch called the Arch of Triumph, and that arch, this beautiful arch, was created and built in the year 1806. It is on the western end of the famous street in Paris called the Champs-Élysées. And that arch was built by Napoleon, who was the king of France. And the reason Napoleon built that in 1806 was to honor the French army. Anytime you see an arch like that, it is symbolic of the passage between, or the gateway between life and death. And again, this arch is 200 and 13 years old. But the Arch of Triumph in Paris was built or modeled after another arch that's found in Rome called the Arch of Titus, which is on the eastern end of the ancient Roman Forum. Rome, this is dating back to the first century. This arch is 2,000 years old, built by Domitian to honor his brother Titus, who was the Roman emperor that was the one who went to Jerusalem in the year 70 AD. You remember that Jesus had prophesied while he was on earth that Jerusalem would be destroyed. 
that not one stone would be left upon another. And sure enough, in 70 AD, Titus, the Roman emperor, and his father Vespasian, they came to Jerusalem in 70 AD. They completely destroyed the Temple Mount, Herod's temple. The only thing that's left is the foundation of that temple, which is today the Western Wall. You can go to Jerusalem today and still see the foundation. It's one of the most uh, holiest places on the face of the earth where people pray 24 hours a day at that foundation. But Titus goes into Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, destroys Jerusalem. Back in Rome, they build uh, to honor him and his victory over the Jewish people. Uh, They build this arch of Titus. Now, in that arch, up in the southern panel of that arch is an engraving. And in that engraving, you can see the, it is depicted the Roman soldiers who have ransacked Jerusalem, carrying off the spoils of war. You can see a menorah in that, uh, in that engraving. You can see the golden trumpets that were taken from the temple. And this arch is, again, ancient Rome, near the Colosseum. The Arch of Titus was built to honor Titus in the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. And that arch is still standing today. When you go to Rome, you can go visit it. Now, Rome had a custom that whenever a Roman general was victorious, they would have had a celebration in the streets of Rome. And they would have built a monument somewhere in Rome like the Arch of Titus. And they would have a parade. They would have a procession. And in this parade or this procession, the the winning, say the word winning, the winning general would come walking in or riding in on a white horse. And behind him would be a parade. You'd have the winning general on the white horse, but the losing general would be stripped, would be chained, would be humiliated, and would be drugged behind him on the dirt through the streets of Rome. But out in front of the parade, they would have a herald, an announcer who would say, hey, we're having a procession, we're having a parade, Rome, Rome has won again. And there needed to be a herald a runner to share the good news that Rome has won. And the idea was this. If you had a parade to show that the general had won, it was a picture that all of Rome had won. And in our text, stay with me, in our text in chapter 2, Paul, the writer, is the herald. He's the announcer. And what he's announcing in verse 14 is that Jesus has been victorious. And it's the idea that if Jesus is victorious, then all Christians, all believers are victorious as well. The Bible says that one day Jesus will return in the book of Revelation and he'll come in riding on a white horse. And guess who's going to be tied up, chained up, subdued, shamed, stripped, dragged along behind him in that procession, but old Satan himself. 
Satan is the one that wants you to doubt that you're victorious. When I stand up here today and I say, hey, you're all victorious, some of you go, well, I'm not very victorious. That's what Satan wants you to believe. But the Lord wants you to know and Paul wants you to know that if you're a believer and you are in Christ, that you have perpetual victory through Jesus Christ. Now, number one, number one, write this down. Who is the dynamic author of this victory parade? Make no mistake about it. The only reason we're victorious is because of the risen Christ. Your victory is in Christ. It's not because we've had some successful general. It's not because of the politics of some political party. Your success does not come from the size of your bank account. Your success is not because of your good works. Your success is not because of your good looks. Your success, your victory comes because of what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. Just a few books to the right of Corinthians is the book of Colossians. And in the second chapter, I want you to look at these three verses. They are powerful verses. Paul wrote to the church in Colossians, when you were dead, everybody say dead. You got to think about this. When you were dead, lost, gone, everyone in the world given up on you because of your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave you of some of your sins or all of your sins. He forgave you of all of our sins. Verse 14, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us, that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. And verse 15 Having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. I want you to write these three things down. Christ delivered you from death, he delivered you from debt, and he delivered you from the devil himself. Every single believer in Christ is victorious. You have been delivered from death. When you die, you don't really die. As a believer, you have the promise of everlasting life. He's delivered you from the debt of your sin. Every one of you has a debt to pay. But he paid that debt on that cross. And he delivered you from the devil. Number two on your list, the second point, is the dynamic arena of this victory. Yes, I want you to know who the author is, but I also want you to know the arena. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14, thanks be to God, who always, I want you to circle that word in your notes, who always leads us in triumphal procession. We're always in that procession. And through us, he spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of God. And when Paul uses the word always, and he uses that word everywhere, tell me, what did he leave out? Nothing. You say, well, pastor, does that mean it's smooth sailing for me from here on out? All honey and no bees, all roses and no thorns. Does that mean it's all sunshine and no thunderstorms? No, 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 no. That's not what that means. What it means is that if you have any problems, that you will be triumphant over those problems. You can't be triumphant unless you're triumphant over something that's bad. 
if you look up at the two preceding verses before he talks about this victory, the two verses right before he talks about this, he's talking about how things didn't go well for him, that he had come to Troas, he wanted to preach, things didn't turn out there, so he had to leave and go over to Macedonia. He says, the only reason I had to go to Macedonia is because things weren't working out the way I thought they ought to work out which is true for all of us. We all go through times where things aren't working out the way we think they ought to work out. But he says in spite of that, Christ allows us to be in this parade, this this, uh, triumphal process forever and ever and ever, amen? He says always and everywhere, it's not triumph sometimes, it's not triumph some places. No, it's triumph everywhere. It's triumph at all times. There is no time, there is no place where the child of God is not victorious. In your situation, in your circumstances, your family, your job, your health, you are and always will be triumphant. Now, right now, you might be going through a tough time. He's not saying you're not going to go through a tough time. He was always going through a tough time. In fact, if you go forward to chapter 4 in verses 8 and 9, which we'll get to in a few weeks... He writes the words, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are being persecuted, and he was persecuted. He goes, but I never feel abandoned. He goes, I have been struck down, but I'm not destroyed. He saw himself not defined by his problems. He saw himself victorious over his problems, no matter what was happening to him. I'm talking to people here today who are in some serious trouble. A doctor who comes and says the cancer is malignant, and unless you get a miracle, you're not going to live. Some of you are waiting for a phone call because you've been out of work and you've applied and you're waiting for the phone to ring so that someone can say to you, hey, hey, you got the job and the phone isn't ringing. I found out about a 20-year-old boy just coming in here today uh his his sister goes to our church and uh he's 20 years old and he just committed suicide and uh got a call that the police officers were on their way and uh they couldn't find him for a while she just found that out today uh some of you are going through a time where your children have gone astray and i would tell you as a parent there is no greater pain uh, than when a child goes off into the uh, to the world and lives a way that does not honor you as a parent, does not honor God as our Heavenly Father. And some of you are here today and your heart is broken because your son is on drugs or your girl, your daughter is out in places she shouldn't be. Some of you are going through a time of discouragement. Some of you are going through a time of depression right now. And you say, well, pastor, you call that victorious? No, no, but your victory is coming. It is coming. It's like being in a wrestling match with the devil and the devil threw you on your back and your shoulders are pinned to the mat and the referee's counting to three and he goes one, two, and right when he says three, the Lord gives you just enough strength to get that one shoulder off the mat and get you back in the match. And it's just a matter of time before the Lord flips the script and you pin the devil and you have victory over him. That's what's coming your way. It's like being in a boxing match and all of a sudden the devil gives you an uppercut, knocks you out, and the referee's going to count 10, a 10 count. He gets to one, three, five, six, 
seven, eight. And right when he says nine, right when he gets ready to say ten, you kind of wake up and stand up. And, you, and the referee's checking you. And he says, okay. And the devil was over there thinking, man, I thought I knocked that guy out. And the Lord said, no, you didn't knock him out yet. He's, your day's coming. And, and the Lord flips the script and you end up winning that battle. That's what's going to happen. Because of Jesus Christ, we are victorious always in all places. Know the arena. Know that there is nothing that you go through in this life that God will not ultimately give you victory over. And number three, as we close, you have the author, the arena. Write this down. You have the dynamic aroma of this victory. Oh, winning smells good. There's something about winning that just smells good, doesn't it? The Bible says in verse 15 that we, those of us that are Christians, are to God. God's up there. And what does he smell? When he sees people like you and people like me who have submitted their life to Jesus Christ, and God's up there, when he sees those of us who are in Christ, it's like, it's like a sweet aroma. It's an aroma of Christ that goes up to God. Now, those of us that are saved, they see it. And those of us who are perishing, see it. Most people in the world can't figure out when you go to work on Monday, a changed man or a changed woman. They're used to the old you. And somehow you got to church and you got saved and God turned your life around from the inside out and you became a new creature. And of course the saved, we recognize, hey, here's another brother, another sister. The saved, they look at that kid, well, what happened to you? And you say, I'm, it's the new me. I, 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 I'm now a Christian. I've given my life to Jesus Christ. He's turned my life around from the inside out. I, I'm an entirely different person. And I, I stand victorious in this life despite of my heartache, despite my trial, despite persecution. Our lives become like a perfume. It's an aroma of what Christ has done in our life that goes all the way to God. It gives testimony to fellow believers, and it points the unsaved to Christ. The best illustration is one I used a few weeks ago. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas were in a Philippian jail because they'd been preaching Jesus. And what I failed to tell you then, and you need to know, that back in Bible times, the prisons were not like prisons today. There were no sanitary facilities, no toilets, no running water, no lights, no air conditioning, no electricity, no courtyard where you could go walk and exercise. Prisons back in Paul's day was a filthy, maggot-filled, rat-infested hellhole. And they're in there having been stripped and beaten at midnight. The Bible says they began to sing songs of praise. And they're in that prison, that hellhole, and they're singing at midnight songs of praise. And that praise is like an aroma that goes up to God up there in heaven. And he looks down and he calls an angel over. And he says, angel, I want you to go down there and shake that place. And there's this earthquake 
It's the first ever jailhouse rock. (laughs) And the prison doors swung open. And the security guard, the prison, the jailer thought that all the prisoners had escaped. And so the Bible says he'd actually taken a sword and he was about to kill himself. And Paul, in Acts chapter 16, verse 28, says to the jailer, don't harm yourself. We're all here. We're all here. We're all here. None of us have left. And you see that praise that went to an aroma up before a heavenly father? That jailer was listening to all that praise as well. And when they failed to leave and they stayed, even though they could have left, that jailer ends up asking that question, what must I do to be saved? You see, friends, in this life, we are witnesses for Christ. Our hearts that have been changed, our attitudes, our lives, our families are all a part of the evidence that speaks to a lost and dying world. And I would tell you that the city in which we live is full of so many problems that what this city needs to see is a group of people whose lives have been changed by the power of God. And as we live our lives and give testimony to what Christ has done in our life, it goes as an aroma up to God. He smells, oh, this is what Christ has done, but also our neighbor our, our fellow employees, our school, our classmates, those that we work with, live around, they see the difference in our life. And verse 16 in the Bible says to one, we are the smell of death, but to the other, we are the fragrance of life. And life begins, I want you to write this down, life begins, it happens when you understand Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. It all begins there. When you turn your life over to God and let God do his thing in your life, you realize there wouldn't even be a need for a police officer if you and I just did the right thing each and every day. It wouldn't even be a need for a police officer. But there are so many people doing wrong things in this city. We have to have a police force just to keep us in check half the time. Amen. But when God comes into your life and the Holy Spirit changes you from the inside out, you live the rest of your days just on this earth honoring God, honoring your Father, honoring His Word, and honoring the Spirit that He's placed within you. Let's stand and bow our heads for just a word of prayer. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-818. Four seven seven seven. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, 
you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like, for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.